Hey everybody, it's Matt Johnson. We are back with another episode of the Pursuing Results Podcast where successful people share one book that changed their life. And we have a great guest here with us today and we're gonna talk about a great book that a friend of his actually wrote uh, and has had an incredible influence on a lot of people starting in the real estate industry and then radiating out from there into a lot of other industries. And we'll talk about why that is. Uh, Unfortunately, my illustrious co-host and partner in most crimes and speaking engagements and uh, podcasting and all that stuff, Greg McDaniel, uh, has some technical issues and wasn't able to be with us here today. So it's only me and the guest. So speaking of the guest, Isaac Stegman. Isaac, how's it going today? Great. Beautiful Washington here. We got some sunshine and life is good, man. I'm glad to be on the uh, podcast with you. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, this is going to be it's going to be a really good one. I know um, uh, you've got your uh, the coaching practice up there, and we always have like anytime we get together and and chat about something, no matter what it is, even if it's just chatting over Facebook and stuff, uh, you always have incredibly valuable and, and deep things to share and so I'm excited to kind of go deep into uh, uh, the book that we're going to cover and, and just getting into like morning routines and some of the overlooked things you know the, the elements of having a successful life and there's a lot of stuff that we, there's a lot of different roads that we could go down a lot of stuff that we could potentially cover but I know that we'll deliver some incredible insights to people today so let's start with the uh, just kind of the, the overall sense of who you are where you are and what you do who I am um, so I'm an essentialist and I know Matt had a, <laughs> has one of the shows that's coming out soon. We were just talking about that. Um, husband, father, I have three kids, my wife, Jessica, and then three kids and, uh, my kids are six, eight and 10. So right in the thick of it. Um, and then I have a coaching practice as well that I started with Jeff Latham and have taken that over. And so we coach real estate agents and loan officers kind of at a, at a high level. Yeah, yeah. These are just so that the public knows, like these are not uh, like your lower level. These are the guys that are already doing extremely well and want to do, just want to take over (laughs) their local market and potentially the world. Uh, And then you also started just recently here, like a division of that where you're actually coaching uh, the actual outbound sales teams and calling teams for both real estate and uh, and loan officers. So if anybody's interested in that, like where can they go before we dive into the interview, where can they go to take a step towards you? So they can go to applyforfreedom.com just to fill out an application, have a conversation. I do a lot of my conversations on Facebook. So if they look up Isaac Stegman on Facebook, there's like two of us. And uh, so I'm pretty easy to find. Um, and then they can always reach out to my business partners too. So my business partner with the lenders is Jason Gosser. And my business partner with uh, real estate agents right now is Nick Shivers. And um, we're doing some stuff through for Sell a Home, Save a Child through that. So they've both been amazing partners. And then the two ISA division people are ones that work directly with them. So very cool. Any of us yeah. that people want to reach out to. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, so we were talking about this before we started uh, recording the podcast, but um, you've obviously had a, a personal relationship with the author of the book that we're going to cover, Hal Elrod. So the book is The Miracle Morning. And so take us back to kind of when you encountered Hal and how that relationship came to be and leading up to the book. Yeah, I met Hal when I think he was 17 years old. Um, he used to DJ for us. I was at, at Cutco at the time. And it just started there. And Hal was always just, he had this fire about him and this energy and it was great. And um, he's got, there's a whole bunch more that I can tell you about Hal. He's got this tremendous personal journey and these tragedies and these amazing um, comebacks. And so I originally had met him way back when, and then I was part of the initial uh, coaching program that he ran in 2008, I believe with uh, John Berghoff. And that was an amazing program even back then. And they have since uh, teamed back up and I'm coaching with them as well now. And so it's been super cool. I know Matt's part of that group um, as well. And yeah, so, yep. And yeah. so that's, uh, that's how I first had met Hal. 
Uh, and then he wrote the book, The Miracle Morning, at the end of 2008, kind of all of us that are familiar with the real estate world, the Armageddon um, that had come. And he wrote that book at that point. And that really was when I started. I, I started, I guess, from the very beginning because my business was real estate related at the time too. And so things were kind of falling apart and um, everybody was looking for a way to kind of put their life back together and get a plan for just staying on track and being focused throughout the day and really surviving the storm. Yeah. So, uh, so you'd known how and were coaching with him, but uh, hadn't really implemented some of the things that ended up being in the book until you read the book for yourself. Correct. Yeah. He talked a little bit about his own journey you know, Mm -hmm. through that. And then when the the book came out, that was really, here's the model for it and um, started implementing it and then just started sharing it. It worked so well for me that I just, I at the time was selling the Cutco closing gifts to real estate agents. And I started handing those out as gifts. And I got such a great response from people. Um, I had people calling me left and right saying, thank you for the book. This really changed my life. And I'd given away books before to people and I'd never heard that you know, on a consistent basis. And so I just started making that my, my regular gift. And I probably now have given out close to a thousand, somewhere between 700 and a thousand books. And, um, a lot of them, you know, Gary Keller and Tom Ferry and a lot of the people that have been, uh, promoting it or talking about it or have it in within, within their organization. Um, you know, we just started handing out books and it started changing people's lives. Jeff Latham. That's one of the ways that I got to know Jeff was I, I gave him the book and then he started spreading the message. And, um, since then, you know, third, fourth, fifth, hundredth generation of that, you know, people have really been sharing this because it's not just a book that people read. It's here's a philosophy that you can use. And it's it's immediately something that people can implement that's going to affect their lives. It's going to change their mindset and their habits and uh, just how they show up in their day. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to cover just the the, the broad brushstrokes of um, of the, the six elements, essentially, that he calls them the savers. So it's silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading and uh, scribbling. So those are the, uh, the, the elements or scribbling would be journaling or scribing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Scribing, scribing, scribing. Yeah. Scribing. I knew that wasn't right. Scribbling. Scribing. Hey, scribbling works too. That's more yeah, what I that's, do. Anyway, looking at, and it's funny because this website I'm looking at where they list the savers is like in cursive. So I'm, yeah, it, it's a total brain fart on my part, but uh, yeah, scribing. So writing or journaling. And it's funny because I came across the book much later than you did, probably 2000, I want to say 2014 when I was working with uh, with Frank at Viral uh, and we were really delving into my own personal routine and I was modeling a little bit of his and then I came across the book and kind of did my own version of it and I think everybody does. Uh, so like you figure out, okay, well these are the things that kind of work for me. These are the things that, eh, you know, I'm not really so much on board with. It took me a long time to come to the exercise portion, which it sounds like you were, <laughs> it's kind of like the exact opposite of what you did. So yeah. so let's start there. Now that we know kind of, and the audience catches up to to what the six things are that Hal talks about, you know, should be as part of any good, you know, morning routine. How did you start to incorporate that? Like what did your first like early efforts look like? Oh, they were awful. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I, I, and I just tried following the prescription to the letter. And Mm. so the first one's silence. And for someone with diagnosed ADD, (laughs) the silence thing just is going to always be a challenge. And so uh, I would sit there and I would either fall back asleep or I would, um, you know, have things racing through my brain and finally just give up and move on to the next one. And so it, the thing about the savers is it's been an evolution for me and anything that you do over an extended period of time is going to be an evolution because you change and your needs change and well, your wants change and your habits change. And so, um, I don't believe there's any prescription that you can just get and it's going to work, you know, necessarily forever in the exact same way. And so for me, the, 
the silence was uh, very challenging and then affirmations, um, those have taken on a, an, quite the evolution of their own. At first it was like, you know, you think about the Stuart Smalley guy from Saturday Night Live and it just seems very silly, but then I kind of got into, okay, what do I really want to be telling myself about myself? Mm-hmm. And what affirmations have uh, evolved into now for me has become, I really, I sync with music. Music is a big part of my life. And so what I do is I find songs that have a message that I want to hear. So this morning, uh, Happy by Pharrell and yeah. Best Day in My Life by American Authors. I just play those a couple times and I'm like in the zone and I'm happy and I dance. I do it like I put it on and I just get up there and I dance and I'm having fun. Because again, Tony Robbins, right? Emotion, it creates emotion. And so I, I get in peak state and I get in a physical state where those words and the music and stuff can really kind of seek into my subconscious and kind of change my mindset. So for me, that's been the, the latest evolution of affirmations is I play songs with messages in them that I want to believe and that I want to go through the day uh, being top of mind with me. And then I just get in the physical state. You know, you can do jumping jacks. You can jump up and down. You can go for a walk while you're doing it. And that works. Um, and then, you know, the visualization has evolved from, it's almost the backwards of it's of the be, do, have. So it's have, do, be for me. It was started out as things I wanted to have. I had the vision board like everybody yeah, did yeah. at that point, right? You have all the pictures of the fun, expensive, cool stuff up on your board and you look at it and you're like, man, I really want that. Well, as I evolved personally and not in judgment for anyone that does that, um, because it's a personal evolution, it's not a good or bad, or this is better than what other people do. Uh, this is just my own journey that changed to what do I want to do? Things that I want to do and experiences that I wanted to have. So I started thinking about and talking about and looking at things that I wanted to do. And then the latest evolution and kind of the last one, probably for me, that's never going to stop is who do I want to be? And so I imagine myself as who do I want to be? What kind of man do I want to be? What kind of husband do I want to be? What kind of father do I want to be? And I'll tell you what, that's a lot harder. That's a lot more of a struggle because there's so much more depth to that. It's not just I get this much money and now I can go buy the Rolex or I can buy this boat or I can buy this or it's not even I save up for that vacation. It's really it takes constant work and change and really an honest self-reflection on who you are (laughs) and what your current data points as far as, you know, what your internal status is. Um, when you can look at, this is who I want to be. You have to really be honest first about who, who am I being right now? And I don't think that will ever be a journey that will stop. So that's the SAV and the exercise that has been the most important thing for me, um, going through the real estate Armageddon and through all of the other challenges that all of us have faced in life. For me, if exercise wasn't there, I, and I know because just for disclaimer, I have not been on the Miracle Morning since 2008, just so everyone knows. I've, this is not something that's been an every morning thing for me. Yeah. Um, it's been an evolution. It's been a something where I've fallen off and gotten back on and fallen off and gotten back on. And I definitely can tell the difference when I'm being purposeful with my day and when I do the Miracle Morning and when I'm not. And the anchor point for me from the very beginning was I understood exercise because I was in the military and, you know, all this other stuff. So I got that exercising changes your, your physical state, which changes your emotional and your mental state. And so the exercise was the thing for a long time that, that kind of saved me until I got hurt on the fire department. And then again, that was another challenge I had to work through was not being able to exercise as much forever and, or for a while. Um, but exercise has been the most 
consistent thing for me in the, in the miracle morning and probably the most impactful. And then the R, the reading, I used to read just to read. I used to read everything I could get my hands on as a voracious reader. I was homeschooled, homeschoolers unite, right? Oh, um, yeah. Got to give a shout out to the homeschoolers. Awesome. I know you were too. So, mm-hmm. um, so I like your experience, probably I got done before all the public school kids with my work and I just was like, <laughs> what do I do now? Yeah, and I live exactly. in Washington. So it rains a lot. And so I would just pick up a book and I would start reading. And so I really fell in love with reading and, um, learning at a, at a pretty early age. Yeah. And so I used to just read everything and I was very prideful of that. Just to be frank. Yeah. Um, I was like, Hey, this, I've, I've read so many books. You should see my library. It's amazing. I've got millions of dollars worth of information in that, which wasn't reflected in my bank account. Right. right? <laughs> um, <laughs> but I had a run in with, um, Susan Scott. I don't know if you know who Susan is. She wrote fierce conversations and she was oh, okay. speaking at coaching skills camp one year. And she actually lives up in Washington um, by where I'm from. And so I had the, the honor of um, actually going up and visiting her at one point. And we were sitting there and talking. And um, my wife was there and she had a guest. And uh, we we're just conversing back and forth. And she asked me at one point, like, what are you reading? What does your library look, look like? And I was like, oh, man, you just threw up a softball. Like, this is going to be a home run. And so I was, you know, telling her how amazing Fierce Conversations was. And then we also got into the library and I was telling her how many books I had. Oh man, I'm reading all these books and I read all the time and I'm going to read like 50 books this year. And um, she's just was sitting back, you know, listening. And, and then she asked me the question, which was like that gut punch, which was like the love punch. And it was, well, how many of those books so far have you mastered? Yeah. I was like, not her in that question. Right. Oh, oh. <laughs> So, and obviously the honest answer was none of them, you know, uh, it felt like I had a pretty good handle on like the miracle morning, you know, um, (laughs) and maybe a couple other ones. And yet she asked, well, what is your intention? Why are you reading these books? If not to master what's in them. And I really thought about that and that's stuck with me. And this is years ago and this has stuck with me for several years. And I've thought about that. Like, why, why would I read a book? if I wasn't going to be intentional about taking what was in it and applying it somehow to my life and making it stick. And so that I evolve as a person, or is it just, is it just to say that I've read a bunch of books, right? Is it just for lip service? Is it just for status or ego or, you know, to be able to look like I'm talking intelligently about a bunch of different things. And so that kind of shifted. And so now I do a lot more um, rereading. I do a lot more studying back through things that I'm like this area of my life right now. And it kind of goes back to the have, do, be, be, do you have, who do I want to be? What has been a resource that has helped me progress in that area in the past? And is there room to continue with that resource to move things forward? And so that has been um, a big evolution for me in the reading over the last few years. Uh, the, and then the describing. The so journaling for me, I do at the end of the day. And we talked a little bit earlier that I'm writing the book, um, Epic Life, and it talks about one, you know, the, the four uh, pillars of what I believe are the epic life that people miss out on or don't mm-hmm. pay attention to. And so on my daily um, calendar sheet that I have, it has uh, the E, the P, the I, and the C. And so the E is for environment and the, um, the P is for purpose. Are you on purpose or are you off purpose? And then the I is for integrity, like structural integrity of your life. And the C is for contribution. I write down every day where did I pay attention to these things or make improvements on these things or what could I have done better? And I just, that's my writing is I, 
I look at those and I actually think about them and then I actually have to answer that for myself. And so that's been a big part of my journaling was looking at that and being intentional about it instead of just journaling about whatever comes to my mind, which I've done in the past before and which is also valuable in its own right. I've started to become more and more purposeful with the writing, especially because is writing the book. I want as much good original content as possible. And so that's brought a lot of that out. Um, but that's been describing for me lately is at the end of the day, looking back and reflecting, I think a lot of people, um, myself included miss out on the reflection because I'm the kind of person that I would win the sales awards and I would go up on stage. I get the award. I go back to my table and put them down and go out in the hallway and make calls and set up more appointments. And I would never take the time to celebrate any accomplishments or things that I had done. And I just, I'm not a stop and smell the roses kind of guy, or I haven't been, I'm, I don't want to say that. Um, but I haven't been. And so it's been a lot of just what's next, what's next, what's next. And what you miss out on when you do that, what I've missed out on when I've done that is the appreciation of who you're becoming and really the joy of the journey that you're on. And it's tough to keep that in mind. You know, like if you, if you're, and and like you said, you're diagnosed with ADHD and (laughs) you can see why the silence part's been hard for me. I've been talking a lot here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's well, and just anybody that has that kind of that mentality and that if your brain works that way, yeah, it's, it's very difficult. You like, you're always wanting to get that next, you know, because the win, the win is the high that, that next appointment set, that next sale, like that's the, that's the bump. That's the adrenaline bump. Uh, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's hard to just like step back and relax because you feel like you're doing something wrong. Like it's, it, and you want to be out there doing more, right? Yep. Yeah. It's, it's silence was definitely one of the things that, uh, that I struggled with, but has also been the most helpful as I've gotten better at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the exercise piece has been like, like one of the very last things I've implemented. So I felt like I got <laughs> like the other five things pretty well down into my morning routine. And then I'm like, how in the hell does exercise fit in there? So I'm still working on that. So now that I've added in like a morning run, I like it keeps pushing other stuff out, like journaling, for example, like I'll, I'll do it about half the time because by the time right. I get back from a run, it's about time to jump in the shower and get, uh, get moving with the day. So yeah, I mean, it, it's a, this, this constant evolution of, you know, these are the five or six things that ideally you'd want to put into the morning and then just figuring out, well, what am I working on right now? You know, what am I, what am I working on, uh, on implementing? So yeah, it's uh it's definitely a constant, a constant evolution, but I'm curious just in terms of like, you've got your questions that you ask at the, at the end of the day, how else does like when you're, when you really feel like you're on point with your morning routine, do you feel like it affects the types of decisions that you make during the day? Does it affect just the quality of, of your decision making or has it really like radically transformed even what the business that you're in today? All of the above. Uh, Definitely a radical transformation. And and it's the difference between being re being totally reactive to your day and being proactive. So it's, it's epidemic in the real estate and mortgage industries, right? People, are always feeling like they're behind the eight ball, especially month incomes for loan officers and they're just scrambling and then they get to bed late. They're like, man, I didn't get bed until midnight. So I woke up late and then I didn't have time to grab breakfast. And then I was at the office late and there was already a stack of messages and I just never felt like I got ahead. I can't get ahead. And I hear that all the time. You know, the most common complaint that I hear from people probably in their own words is I'm drowning in my business because yeah. I work, again, I don't work with people that, that are starting out and doing the, you know, maybe the one deal a monthers. 
Um, these are people that have lots of business and yet their life is suffering, right? Yeah. So the most common thing that I hear is I'm drowning in my business on a daily basis. And that that's very easy to fall into if you don't stop right from the beginning and set up your day where you're being proactive and you're being uh, focused and you're being intentional about how you set your day up and putting yourself first and getting your state right, getting yourself, your mindset, your your physicality, getting everything right and in alignment. And once you do that, everything else is more friction free. If you start out, you know, totally out of alignment and behind the eight ball, you're going to continue that way. And it's going to create more messes throughout the day, which is again, going to create more time that you feel like you have to be spending on things and you just never get ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I hate that. I hate that feeling of, of feeling like I'm behind the eight ball. Uh, and so the, the morning routine definitely helps conquer that. Uh, I find that, um, so in the morning, if I, if I have a good session of some form of meditation, uh, which I do a combination of um, like focus and, and mantra. I don't know, have you ever read um, Unbeatable Mind by Mark Devine? Uh, is the same guy that wrote The Way of the Seal that just came out? I've heard of it. Yeah, there's actually a lot of people that have talked about it. I've not yeah, read it yet. It's, uh, so Unbe Unbeatable Mind came out several years ago. That's a ridiculously unbelievable book. So he talks about box breathing where you like breathe out to a five count, say a mantra, breathe in for a five count, say mm -hmm. a, a mantra or whatever. So it's like... Um, so I figured out, okay, I need to do that. Then that like steps me down from the wake up and have a thousand things in your head to like you almost have to like downshift your brain a little bit. Yeah. And so I use the box breathing as a way to downshift it. And then I can get to the point where I can sit in silence for a couple of minutes and just kind of let it, you know, let, let the mind just completely shut down. Yeah. And then I'll go for a run. And so that stuff like that has made a big difference. Um, so I love the perspective of, looking to master a book but there is the per there there is the perspective of you never know what other tidbit you're going to pick up from something else that will help you master the book that you're in as long as you're committed to doing it and mm -hmm. as long as you're committed to real change uh, so there was something that we talked about before we started recording that I wanted to make sure that we got out because it has to do with the book that you're writing and what what is that question that you ask yourself that has to do with uh, the epic acronym and because uh, that was really insightful I want to make sure we get that yeah, so there's there's really two questions that I ask myself, and one is um, one is about the integrity, and I'm not talking about morality when I talk about integrity necessarily. It's more about structural integrity of your life, and so anytime that we're feeling emotional dissonance and like we're being pulled apart, and I know everybody's experienced that feeling before, it's usually because there's some sort of lack of structural integrity in our lives. So if you have this is my true north, well, there's decisions that aren't necessarily good or bad that are off center of that because they're not necessarily in alignment. So for example, if you have, if you're a real estate agent, you have a buyer's agent and an admin and they're both rock stars, but they don't get along, you're going to get some friction, right? And that tension is there. And so that's just something's pulled out of alignment. And so what I ask myself every day is what's out of alignment in my life? Where, where am I out of alignment? And do I remove that thing that's out of alignment? Do I fix it? Do I change it? Do I move something else to bring that into alignment? You know, so um, evaluating every night, what is the structural integrity of my life and where am I being pulled? If I'm feeling that emotional dissonance, where is that coming from? Because a lot of people just experience it and call it stress. I'm just stressed out and they don't actually yeah. even look at where it's coming from or understand it for what it is in that somewhere in their life, they have, um, they have something that's out of whack. Yeah. I like that. So where, <clears throat> where is there something that's out of alignment in my life? That's a great killer, killer, killer question. Love it. 
All right, so let's uh, let's remind people of how they can uh, take a step towards you and find out more about the coaching and apply for a call. Absolutely. So if you just want to go straight to the application, you can go to applyforfreedom.com. And if you want to just have some general questions for me um, or want to engage me in conversation, look me up on Facebook. That's the best way to get a hold of me. <laughs> Isaac, I-S-A-A-C, Stegman, S-T-E-G-M-A-N. Type it in. There's a couple of us there. I'm the one that looks like this guy. Um, and you should be able to find me pretty easy. Hit me up on Messenger. We'll have a conversation. We'll go from there. Cool. So what's the, uh, what's the next step for you for the coaching practice and just you, you personally? Yeah. So I'm really working on more of less, the essentialism and, and that's the other question I ask myself is, you know, what can I remove from my life right now that's not serving me? And so that's the next thing is just continuing to evaluate my life for what is not serving me right now, removing those things and getting a laser beam focus. Like Jeff says a lot, and this is, I love this. He says, do you want to be a mile wide and an inch deep, or do you want to be an inch wide and a mile deep? And it's about being the most effective people are an inch wide and a mile deep. And so right now it's building the coaching practice as the central thing and then seeing what's in alignment with that. And anything that's not in alignment with that's going to go away. Um, the other evolution for me that's even more important is continuing to work on myself as a husband and father. And that's just, it's an area that is a high performer. Um, a lot of times gets neglected. And I know that that's an epi epidemic as well. And so for me in this moment, that's the biggest thing for me is really evaluating. And as I'm doing that introspection and self-reflection is really evaluating where can I improve as a husband, as a father and grow in that area. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not easy. I'm going through a little bit of that myself because uh, my, I've been dating a girl for most of uh, or pretty much all of this year and she has a little one. So trying to figure out how to get better at continuing to build the business, focus and, and perform at a high level and then still be able to have something to give physically and emotionally at the end of the day to the people that you really care about. It's, uh, it's definitely not something that's, that's easy. You do have to make a specific and proactive commitment to it because then it affects and it should affect every other decision that goes into your life and your business if you really care about those people. And yeah. so, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that, that we all, that we all struggle with. And I think every man struggles with it as they go on and, and have family and stuff like that. So that's a whole other conversation for another day. That may be another <laughs> book. We'll have to cover another book just to have an excuse to have that conversation. So anyway, yeah. all right. So for everybody that's watching or listening, thank you. First of all, make sure to subscribe on YouTube. Uh, you can also get the audio versions on iTunes and Stitcher and uh, make sure to go to pursuingresults.com and check out all the resources that are there. If you're interested in podcasting, if you have questions, whatever, I'm the same way. Super easy to, uh, to reach me on Facebook. You can find me just by searching pursuing results. Shoot me a message if you have any questions about podcasting or the books that we've covered or the guests that we've interviewed. And uh, with that said, guys, everybody, we'll see you on the next episode.